Welcome back to the SSPX Podcast. After taking a short break from producing these, after having completed the Crisis in the Church series last December, it's time to kick off 2022 with a new series on the sacraments. We'll explain why we chose this subject to do our next series here in a few seconds, but first, here's what you can expect over the next 16 weeks. We'll have two episodes for each sacrament. The first will explain the nature of the sacrament and the traditional matter and form of each. The second episode will cover the new rite of that sacrament, and we'll then discuss what has changed, why it's changed, and what that means. This series comes at a time when the traditional rites of the sacraments of the Catholic Church are being suppressed. This series comes at a time when it is more important than ever to understand what the sacraments are, why they're necessary, and what we can do to preserve them. As always, if you want to find out more information about this series and about all our other episodes and other series, please visit sspxpodcast.com. We will have notes on each of these episodes uploaded as well. So, we're going to be starting with two episodes of Introduction on the Sacraments in general with Father Paul Robinson, and we'll start right now. Well, welcome to the SSPX Podcast, Father Robinson, and it is fitting that it's uh, that it is you and I starting off this new series. Um, hi, Father. How are you? Doing well, Andrew. I'm excited Good. about this uh, new series on the sacraments. I am too. I am too. So this is a series on the sacraments. Um, we had talked uh, a little bit about, well, six or seven different ideas for the next series, uh, the next major series mm-hmm. to do here on this podcast, uh, catechism and or, you know, doctrine or all sorts of things. Why did we decide to do the sacraments right now at the end of 2021, early 2022, Father? Well, um, I think this is uh, another brainchild of Father Frank's, um, and I think you, you are as well were involved, uh, Jim Vogel was involved, um, but the, the fact that there uh, is, is this obvious intent by Rome right now to basically eliminate from the face of the earth um, the traditional rites. Uh, we, we thought it, was, it would be very appropriate just to speak about the, the sacraments um, in the traditional rites, explain the traditional rites of the sacraments, um, and then compare them with the new rites. So as far as I understand, um, the plan is to have this uh, introductory uh, session, a couple of sessions on the sacraments in general, and then to have the, the priests do um, two sessions apiece on each of the other sacraments, where they would do one conference on uh, the traditional rite of, of the sacrament, let's say baptism or confirmation or holy orders, whatever, and then do another podcast on the new rite, and then just to, to make that comparison. Um, so in, in order to help people see the value of those traditional rites that we're holding on to, um, in, at, a, at a doctrinal level, right, and this is again, this is something that is that is timely. Um, the Vatican has essentially said traditional sacraments they can't be used um, broadly by the Universal Church, uh, especially confirmations, holy orders. Uh, but we're going to be going through all the sacraments just to talk about, like you said, the value of them and 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 why why these traditional sacraments are important. Um, just to clarify, this is not going to be talking about why the new sacraments are invalid. We discussed that in the crisis series uh, in an episode with Father McFarlane talking about, yes, the new sacraments are valid, but I'm sure we'll get into that in more detail. I just want to put that out right at the, at the, at the get-go. 
Yes, and I, I think it's it's important uh, to for, for me to state that from our perspective, I mean, this is this is not just um, and not primarily about polemics. Um, it's about the faith. So we, w- we want to instruct people in the faith, and the fact is that. There's a lot of confusing things out there, and just um, talking about the sacraments, talking about the traditional rites, comparing with the new rites, I think will help people understand the sacraments more deeply, help them understand what profit they can draw from receiving the sacraments devoutly. Um, so it's it's not just about, okay, defending the, the position of the society. And I, I don't think the crisis in the, in the church series was, was just all about that either. Um, so it, it was, primarily to instruct people about the faith, especially about those things that have typically been forgotten or downplayed today um, in, in the modern crisis of catechesis. Absolutely. Well, let's dive in, Father. This, this episode, you're going to be doing two episodes with us. Um, yes. Where do we start uh, in generally talking about the sacraments, Father? So, yeah, my, my purpose in, in this first podcast is just to, to explain the sacraments and, and how they work. Um, and then in, in our next podcast, we will talk about some errors that have occurred about the, the sacraments, some heresies regarding the sacraments over the, the history of the church. So we won't really be talking about so much about um, post-Vatican II world in, these, in, in, the, in the second podcast, but we will be focusing on heresies against the sacraments. Um, and in in relation to um, the, what we what we say in this first podcast about the nature of the sacraments, so okay. yeah, but let's just start at uh, basically thirty five thousand feet and um, make the point that the sacraments are about distributing grace. Um, that our Lord came on this earth; He is the incarnate God, and He offered infinite homage to the Heavenly Father on the cross for our sins. And that act was um, of, of infinite merit and, and therefore merited all the graces necessary for the salvation of mankind. And, and we're talking about all the graces necessary for human beings who have lived in the past, human beings who are living right now, and human beings, all human beings that, that will come into existence um, until the end of time, until the last judgment. So, I mean, even, even if, if the last judgment didn't come for a million years, um, still the graces that our Lord, our, our Lord earned on the cross would be sufficient for the salvation of all because it's effectively uh, an infinite um, amount of graces, but because he had an infinite act, he, he offered infinite homage. So our Lord merited all those graces. So the, all those graces are like, they're like there. They're, they're, they're waiting um, to be applied to souls. So what, something we have to understand is, is by the fact that our Lord merits graces doesn't mean that they necessarily get to souls. There, there has to be not only uh, the earning of the graces, but also the application of the graces to individuals. Um, it's it's kind of like if, if you had a, a, a town, and say so you had a, a town in, in a valley, and up up in the mountains there's there's a big lake and there's there's sufficient water there um, in the lake in order to supply all of the, the water needs for the whole town um, great it's there it's available yet there has to be some process to get the water from the lake 
to the houses. There, there has to be, you know, some sort of um, sewer system or, or, or piping system, uh, and then the water gets to the house. But when, even when it gets to the house, you, you've got to have um, different pipes to to get the water to to the, the faucet in the in the sink in the bathroom, the the, the shower head in, in the bathroom, or, or the hose outside that's uh, the, the garden hose that is connected to the spigot. There has to be some sort of um, piping and process to get the water to those individual distributors of water. And so the, the sacraments are, are like that. They're, they are um, our Lord's way that, that he designed to get the graces that, that he merited on the cross to individual souls. Um, and this is his prerogative. Um, in other words, he can decide how he wants to get graces to souls, how he wants to distribute his graces. He merited the graces, first of all, um, and so he's, he is our supreme high priest. He is the incarnate God. Um, as priest, the, one of the, the, the roles, the main role of the priest is to be a bridge between man and God. And if our Lord is the supreme high priest, it's his, his role to unite man with God. And so he gets to decide how he's going to do that. He just doesn't only offer infinite homage to God, merit that those graces uh, reconcile man to God by paying for our sins, but he also decides how to sanctify us, which is really where the union with God takes place. So him paying for our sins, removes the obstacle to our friendship with God, but then there also has to be an actual uniting us with God, and that takes place by the graces coming to us, and because he, he earned those graces, because he is the high priest, he gets to decide how that's done. Um, and that's, that's where the sacraments come in. We, when, we, when we consider the sacraments, we're looking at a reality. It's a specific choice by our supreme high priest, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, so that graces will be communicated to our souls. Okay. So like you said, he could have done it in any number of ways. He could have had one sacrament, but this was what he chose, these these sacraments. Yes, he, he chose this specific way. Um, he had many options. I mean, there are other... Uh, God, God is not bound by the sacraments. We, I don't know if you recall, we, we saw that when we were talking about phenism. Um, God is, is not bound to just only communicate grace through the sacraments, but it has been his will in the New Testament that that's the primary way by which grace is communicated to souls. It's the easiest way, it's, it's the most effective way um, by, that God has chosen to, to do that. So, um, in, this, is, this is a great blessing for us, this, this institution of the sacraments because the sacraments are much more powerful means for sanctification than what the Jews had in the Old Testament. And I think this is a very important point to be considered, that the coming of our Lord does change things in the supernatural order. Um, now we have our Lord as the main instrument which God uses to sanctify us. Um, he's taken on flesh, uh, he's taken on our human nature, and through his priesthood, his supreme, now that we have the supreme high priest who is uh, charged with 
sanctifying souls. Um, that is a much more effective way to get grace to souls, to sanctify souls than was ever available in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God was only working through merely human instruments. Um, so we know that, that, the, that God prescribed certain ceremonies, um, like the sacraments, to the Jews to be performed. But those sacraments were, were not um, the same as, as the sacraments we have, and we would more properly call them sacramentals in the sense that you have a ceremony like, like circumcision or the, the ritual washings and so on, and they, they might confer some grace on souls, but the grace that they confer would be wholly dependent upon the faith of the receiver, or in, in the case of something like circumcision, the faith of, of the minister of circumcision or, or the faith of the parents of, of, of the boy being circumcised. Um, so those rituals did not give grace of themselves. The burden of, of the communication of grace was much more on the side of the one receiving the sacrament or performing the, the ritual itself. Whereas with the sacraments of the New Testament, um, the primary agent in, in the sacraments is our Lord. He, he is the, the, the high priest who is taking the merits of his own passion and applying them to souls. So um, we, we will see later on that, that there's, faith is not even required on the part of the minister in, in order for the sacraments to work. The, the grace of the sacraments is given automatically because you have the faith of the church and the passion of, of our Lord Jesus Christ as the primary agents in the, in the sacraments, as opposed to the Old Testament where you have these rituals um, and they, they are not working through the passion of, of Christ. They're not working through the humanity of, of the God-man. Um, the, because he had not yet taken flesh. So that, that's what makes for this, this great efficacy of, of the sacraments as opposed to the sacramentals. And we, we obviously still have sacramentals. Um, they are instituted by the church. The, there, there are certain ceremonies that are instituted by the church, um, su such as the blessings or, or you know, the ceremonies that surround the sacraments, uh, the various uh, anointings that take place in baptism, for, for instance, those are, those are sacramentals. And they, they work uh, depending on the faith of, of the minister or the faith of the recipient. Um, but, but we have, in addition to that, these, these sacraments that give grace of themselves because our, our Lord is directly involved in them. So, so broadly speaking, when we're talking about a sacrament and the efficacy of a sacrament, you, Father, who are performing a sacrament or the bishop in the case of holy orders or, or confirmation, mm -hmm. you are more like mere channels of that grace. You are still necessary to perform the sacrament, but it's not dependent on whether or not Father Robinson is feeling super pious that day on how yes. good the <laughs> baptism is. It is just, it is. There is the grace there. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I'm uh, just a mere instrument. I, I'm uh, one in a, in a chain of instruments, in fact, that are in between our Lord and the subject receiving okay. the sacrament. Um, but, but because our Lord is, is the primary agent and the sacraments work primarily through his passion, um, 
that in that that his his priesthood is flawless, um, his dispositions are flawless. That means that the, the the burden of the communication of grace of the efficacy of the sacraments falls primarily upon our Lord, and He never fails. There's there's no way that He will ever there will be anything lacking ever on on His side. And obviously, you, you would you would want the priest to be in the state of grace. You would want the priest to have the best dispositions when he's conferring the sacraments. Um, and there's there's possibility. St. Thomas Aquinas says possibility that, that more grace is conferred when when the minister is, is pious. But the primary effect of the sacraments does not in any way rely upon the piety or the holiness of the minister because of the fact that uh, the primary agent in the sacraments is the God-man, um, our, our Supreme High Priest, our Lord Himself. Okay. Um, so that is the institution of the sacraments by our Lord Himself. Um, I guess next step would be to look at the sacraments. Um, what are they? Um, and I guess we start with yes. the Baltimore Catechism itself, that, that definition yes. that every school child knows or hopefully knows. Yes, I mean, I think if we, if we set 10 Catholics in a room and, and we said, okay, give me one of the definitions you learn from your catechism, um, yep. the easiest one would be the, the definition of the sacrament. I don't know why that's the one we, we all memorize. I think we, we've all got memorized till the day we die, God willing, um, the first couple of of questions of the of the catechism like who who made me why did he make me and, and also yep. what what is a sacrament we all know a sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace um, and so we were just we were just chatting about the fact that it really belongs to our Lord to institute the sacraments he he earned um, all the graces by by his passion and so he gets to decide how those graces are distributed to souls. So it's really his prerogative um, to institute sacraments. And he could have actually given the power to institute sacraments to the church if he wanted to. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's totally up to him. And he didn't want to do that. He instituted these, these seven sacraments and he wanted there to be just the seven and he did not want to communicate that power to the church to institute sacraments. So the church can do the sacramentals, um, but not sacraments. So if we, if we look at those three elements of the definition of sacrament, um, outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace, um, the institution by Christ indicates the origin of the sacraments. Uh, it's, it's our Lord who has invented the sacraments. The outward sign indicates the nature of the sacraments, what they are, and then the giving of grace indicates the effect of the sacraments, what they do. So let's just talk a little bit about the outward sign part. Um, so the sacraments are ceremonies that are religious ceremonies, and they, they signify something. Um, they are by their nature a sign of some sacred reality. And we all know how signs work. We as human beings, we, we uh, constantly make use of signs. Um, so I'll just, I'll just give an example of, of a sign that we use um, and, and just mention in passing that the reason why we use signs as human beings is the fact that we are both body and soul. And we, we work on the material level as humans and we work on the spiritual level. Um, so we have ideas, spiritual ideas, immaterial ideas. 
and yet we also have the five senses. And so we, uh, we often need to signify immaterial things. And we do that by using material things, like even the words that, that we use are symbols. They are mere symbols or signs of a spiritual idea, an immaterial idea. So if I say the word justice, you're, you're hearing the, the sounds that are coming from my mouth and they're just sounds, they're just sounds. But, but by a convention of the English language, we use that sound to signify an idea, the idea of giving to each man what is due to him. That's the meaning of justice. So when I, when I say that, that sound justice, you know, then you, you hear it and you speak the English language. And so you, you say, okay, um, I know that that sound is a symbol of the idea of giving to each man what is his due. So um, the sacraments are, are symbols. They're symbols of uh, spiritual, supernatural realities. So in the, uh, the case of baptism, for instance, uh, we're, we're pouring water on a baby. And um, this, is, this is not, we don't do this uh, in order to give the baby a bath. It's like, uh, you know, the mothers of the parish, it's like, I, you know, Father, I don't have time to wash my baby. Can you, <laughs> can you do that for me? I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah. Or I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, definitely not doing that to make the baby cry. You know, and it's like, hey, let's just see what your baby does when I pour water on. No. Um, so this, this pouring of the water on, on the baby is a symbol of a washing that takes place in the soul. It's, it's a symbol okay. of a spiritual washing, the washing of the baby's soul. So <clears throat> it's a sign um, it, it, that where you, you see a symbolism of something that's taking place that cannot be seen. So while we're using material things to symbolize something that we're, that's immaterial and that we can't see with our eyes, and, and that is this, this washing of the, of the baby's body, so that's all, all the sacraments work that way. They, they all have some ritual that signifies an, uh, something that's taking place in the soul, uh, some sort of spiritual event that, that is happening in the soul, this, this communication of a certain type of grace to the souls. Okay. But then when we talk about signs, it, it doesn't just end there. It's not just a sign. It it does something as well. The sign itself does something to the to the soul. Like you were talking about the the water, it symbolizes the washing of the soul, but it actually also does have an effect on the soul. Yes, yes, and that's that's the third that third element of the definition of sacraments. The sacraments are outward signs. That's their nature. They're symbols of the sacred reality, but they also have um, they are causes. They they have a, a causal element to them. They do not just signify that sacred reality. They also cause that sacred reality. Um, and this is the extraordinary thing about the sacraments, the very wonderful thing about the sacraments that distinguishes them from the sacramentals of the Old Testament or sacramentals like taking holy water or what have you. So 
So just by the fact that, that I take some holy water and put it on my forehead um, doesn't mean that my soul is going to be washed. It depends on my dispositions. It depends on my faith. So the if I get grace, it's not really working through the water being applied to my forehead and me making the sign of the cross. It's, it's working through my faith. God sees my faith when I, when I use that sacramental, and um, out of His goodness, He gives grace to me. So it's, it's not the ritual itself that causes the grace. But in the sacraments, it, it is the sign itself. It is through the performance of the ritual that grace is caused. It's the actual ritual that causes the grace to come to the souls. And this is something um, that is extraordinary, and it's, 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 it would be like having a stop sign, you know, um, that, that does, does, doesn't only indicate to people, this is where you stop. You know, you see the, the octagon with the red background, it's got S-T-O-P on it, and you see it off in the distance. Um, but, but also, you know, if it, if it was a sign that didn't just inform me about some immaterial reality, you know, it indicates to me, okay, this is where you stop your car. But it, if it also had causal power, it would stop my car. It, it would signify the stopping of my car and it would cause the stopping of my car. So that is the way the sacraments work. They signify the cleansing of the soul, for instance, in baptism by the pouring of the water, and they cause the, the washing of the soul. Uh, so this is, this is something that we as human beings are not able to do. We're, we're not able right. to uh, make signs that also cause what they signify because we don't have power over that immaterial order. If you want to, we can signify something immaterial, but we can't cause something immaterial directly. We, we, if we cause something immaterial, we, we often do it um, through material things. But God has, has power over the immaterial order. He has power over the material order. And so he is able to create signs, material signs, that have a spiritual effect. They, they, just by the performance of the ritual, then you have a, a supernatural grace that is communicated to souls. So we, uh, we as human beings, we, we can't do anything like that. Um, but God, who is the supreme cause and has power over both orders, can do that. So, Father, we took a little pause. Um, there was some internet difficulty at the seminary where you're recording. Uh, so yes. this is the same episode, uh, yes. so we're going to jump in. But you are back in Denver. I'm yes. well, I'm in the same place, but different clothes. <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on. So we need to ask then a theological question. I think this is where we left off. Um, yeah. Was it wise for God to do that? That sounds like kind of a silly question. Um, but that's where we start with the theological uh, question on the sacraments. Yes. So um, having explained the, the nature of the sacraments, the it is very good for us to be able to say, okay, this is what God has done. Um, it was his will, our Lord's will, to institute this channel, these channels for us to receive grace. Um, and then we, we, we accept that as a fact. Um, we believe it in faith. And then it's, it's so profitable for us in, in order for us to learn about the goodness and wisdom of our Lord um, to say to ourselves, to ask the question, why did he do this? Um, we know that, that because he did it and because he's God, because he's good, because he's wise, it, it has to be 
um, a, a most excellent thing for him to do that. Um, but then it, it's it, there's some room for our reason to try to explore the mystery and, and say, where is my reason able to find something of the wisdom of God in this? So, um, yes, it, it, this this is like St. Thomas, he goes through his whole summa asking these sorts of questions. Um, he, it's, it's not uh, to prove the faith, it's, it's to reflect upon the faith. So this is what we do here, um, and I'm just going to share with you some of the things that St. Thomas has said and answer that question. Um, why was it wise? Why was it wise for our Lord to institute seven sacraments, seven uh, of these uh, means, these signs by which we will receive grace? And, well, um, one of the first things that, that he says is that the sacraments are clearly adapted to our human nature. They uh, provide us a bridge between the material and the spiritual realm. So we, we know that we are body and soul. God has constructed us in such a way that we have a material part, um, our body, and the spiritual part, our, our intellect and our will. And that they're seamless within us. They, they, they work together. And that we, we sort of connect with spiritual things through material things. Um, and that's the way it works in the natural realm. That's that's our human nature. And what we see is God has instituted something very similar to that in the supernatural realm. He's given us these uh, material elements like water and baptism, um, and we are to use them in order to access spiritual grace. And that the sacraments themselves have something of like a body and a soul. Um, they have a material side and they have a spiritual side. Uh, the the material side is, is the elements that are used, uh, the water or the bread or the wine, whatever. Um, and the spiritual side is, is like the, the words um, and, of course, the grace that is communicated to our souls. And this is um, where, where we see that, that uh, the rituals of the Catholic Church that derive directly from the will of our Lord are made for us to connect with God. God designed our religion, our Catholic religion. For us to have very easy means to reach him, to access him in a way that befits our human nature. Um, so this this is a very uh, beautiful thing. The theologians have an expression. They, they say, sacramenta propter omines. Um, God instituted the sacraments for men, for human beings, um, mm. because of his specific design of the sacraments in this way. And we, we see that, um, you know, people of, of other religions, I think, especially of the Protestants who sort of strip religion of, of that sacramental element, they, they remove, remove that very human accessibility. You think about um, the Protestants not going to confession, the Protestants not having the elaborate rituals that, that we Catholics have um, that are very tangible. And, and we, we, we can reach out and, as it were, access the grace of God through these material things. So that's um, a, a very beautiful thing for God to do to make the path to him uh, so easy. Right. So it's, it's interesting also there's this correlation between the way that God created the earth and the way that God created, gave us the, the sacraments. There's this, there's this kind of synchronicity there. I'm using the word right. Yes, yes. So, I mean, um, we, we can say that there is a, a, another aspect of the sacraments that befits our human nature, and, and that is the fact that um, 
we, we see God's in God's creation of the natural realm, he creates us for a natural life, and so he put, puts on this earth all the things necessary for us to live that natural life. Um, he gives us the power of, of reproduction so that we can bring new life into this world. Um, he gives us things to drink to, to um, satisfy our, our, our need of thirst. He gives us oxygen to breathe. Um, he gives us many, many plants and animals to, to eat that, that may be found on the earth that, that nourish us. Um, he gives us medicines to, to heal us when we're sick. So he's, he's placed on this earth all of the, the means necessary to maintain, sustain, um, heal our, our natural life. And if he's at the origin of the supernatural life as well, it would make sense that, that he would give us that same panoply of resources and means to take care of, of our supernatural organism because there is this parallel between the natural life and the supernatural life. Um, they're both lives, and they both have that beginning, middle, and end. They both have their own goals. So in the supernatural life, um, there is a beginning, and, and we have a sacrament for that, and that is baptism. To, in order to come to life in the supernatural realm, we have the sacrament of baptism. There is a sacrament, of course, of healing. Uh, when we commit sin, there's um, the sacrament of, of confession to wipe away our sins, the sacrament uh, of, of extreme unction as well to, to wipe away the last vestiges of sin. Um, there's a sacrament to nourish us on a regular basis, on a daily basis, the, the sacrament of the Eucharist. Um, there's a sacraments, a couple of sacraments that correspond to our states of life that, that are designed to give us all the graces we need in order to live our vocation in our life. And of course, that's the, the sacraments of matrimony and holy orders. Um, so, I mean, when, when we go through the, the seven sacraments, we, we see that um, God has designed the sacramental system in such a way that it provides us all that we need for our supernatural organism, for our supernatural life. And it's, it's just a beautiful parallel <laughs> between right. the same means that he's given us in the natural life. Right. And, and using the material things in the sacraments... Again, there's that correlation there between sin here on earth and the sacraments in in a material sense. Yes, yeah, that, that's a that's a last reflection that we can make on this theological question, and, and hopefully, um, people can see how the, these sorts of reflections are are very very fruitful. Um, and that that is that typically when when we do damage to ourselves. <laughs> Spiritually, what we are, are doing is we're enslaving ourselves to material things. We become too attached to material things. And when we commit mortal sin, what's happening is we're, we're taking a material creature and we're setting it up as our ultimate end. And since it's through material things that we destroy ourselves, and Adam and Eve destroyed themselves and, and um, you know the, their sons and daughters down to this present day, so too it seems fitting on the part of God to... Um, sort of give us material things and have us use them in a way that, that assists us to detach ourselves from them and, and to sanctify ourselves. And this is, this is what he's done in the sacraments. Instead of taking material things and using them to condemn our souls to perdition, um, we're, we're able to take material things and use them to receive sanctifying grace and, and elevate our souls and attain our ultimate end. Um, so this shows us that, that matter is not evil, um, matter is, is, is not intrinsically evil, and it can be used for the good, 
And in this case, it can be God has arranged for us to use it for the highest good. Um, and that's just it's just very appropriate on the part of God. Um, so, I mean, the, these there, there, are, there are more of these sorts of reflections that can be made. Andrew, of course, we can't. Can't have a two-hour podcast, but right. <laughs> um, yes, the the ones these these um, reflections that we have made, I, I think hopefully they see uh, we, we see from them a little bit the, the very great goodness and wisdom of God towards us in Him arranging uh, the path for us to attain our salvation by giving us these these sacramental signs to attain grace. It's just it's just very very uh, good, very kind of God to to give us these means to to attain grace. Absolutely. I mean, you look, <clears throat> excuse me, you look back at the, at the Old Testament, they, they, we didn't have these, you know, the, the chosen people, even though they were the chosen people, they didn't have these sorts of signs, these sorts of fountains of grace. And, and we have them now. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yes. Um, they didn't have our Lord. They didn't have our Lord. So, um, there, there wasn't that instrumentality of our Lord's priesthood, which is works through the sacraments. That's, that's the main difference. And so now he's able to, he works through the sacraments, uh, and he he wasn't working through the sacrament through their their sacramentals in the Old Testament, right? I guess let's let's conclude this this first episode, Father, with looking at what mm-hmm. is necessary for a sacrament to be valid in terms, and and by valid we mean, I guess simply, does it work? Uh, that's kind of a colloquial way of putting it. Uh, but does it does it give us the grace? How does it? How do we know whether or not a sacrament is valid? Right. So this is um, an important question when we consider the sacraments because there's there's so many moving parts in the mm-hmm. sacraments. It's it's clear um, that there there, ha- there there's a lot of things that have to be in place for the sacraments to be valid. Um, and basically, what what I would say to try to simplify it as much as possible is is to say that um, if you have the sign present, since sacraments by their very nature, their essence. Uh, they are signs, is that when you have the sign present, you have the sacrament. So it's it's the presence of the sign that makes for the validity of the sacrament. If there's something that's taken away, such that you're not signifying the supernatural reality, um, then you're not going to have a valid sacrament. So um, when it comes to, we may say, building the sign, it's, it's to, to, to make the sacrament valid, you have to kind of build the sign. Uh, okay. You need various elements in order to have the sign present, to have that signification present, and so make the sacrament valid. You have to have the matter, and the matter plays a role in signifying the supernatural effect. You have to have water for baptism. You have to have the the wheat bread for the, the sacrament of the Eucharist, or you have to have grape wine for the, the sacrament of the Eucharist in the other species. The, the matter is, uh, it carries some weight for the signification, but it's in fact, it, it doesn't signify a lot. A lot more is signified by the form, the words. The words make the signification much more precise. I mean, water can obviously do many different things. For instance, water can, can clean somebody. Water can give someone uh, sort of refreshment through drink. But what, what are we doing by pouring this water on the baby? When we use the word, I baptize, I'm baptizing you in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. We're saying, I am performing a religious ritual where I am washing this child 
in the name of the Trinity. It's clearly a religious ritual, and I'm, I'm giving a signification to these words, indicating that this is a washing of a soul. So the form really helps specify the signification of what is being done. Um, but that alone is not sufficient just to have the matter and the form. Um, you also need the intention of the minister. And this is usually where it, it's, it gets most complicated. So the intention of the minister does not uh, concern the, the belief of the minister or the holiness of the minister. The minister does not have to believe in the sacrament itself. He, he, does, he does not have to believe, for instance, mm. that this ritual gives the baby grace. He does not have to be holy. He, he doesn't even, you know, we, we know that for a baptism, the person doesn't even have to be a Catholic to baptize validly. So faith is, is not necessary and holiness is not necessary in, in order to have the right intention. The intention, the proper intention concerns the actions that the minister is doing. The minister must want to do the sacrament. In the, in the, the language of the theologians, he must want to do what the church does. He must want to do a baptism, for instance, or a priest must want to perform a Eucharistic sacrifice, um, or a bishop must want to confirm a, a soldier of Christ. So the, he, quite simply, in the sacraments, the ministers are instruments of our Lord Jesus Christ and the church. And it's, it's really our Lord who is the primary agent, and it's the faith of the church that supplies for the efficacy of the sacrament. And that's why the minister, all that the minister has to do is want to do what the church does. He has to line himself up with our Lord and the church in what they're wanting to do, not in what they believe, um, not in, in what is taking place in this ceremony. They, they just have to want to do what the church does. And, and this is very important for eliminating scruples, people who might have scruples about sacraments in the Novosoro. They say, Father, you know, I was baptized by a, a Novosoro minister, and he was modernist, but he said the words, and he, he poured the water and everything. He said, well, you know, he, he, though he might have given a sermon that day saying that, that our Lord is not God or, or whatever, that doesn't mean that the, the ritual was, was not valid. Um, what what we, we have to ask is, did he want to do what the church is? Did he perform the ritual as prescribed? And that's, that's the main thing. Right. Um, there, I, I have a, I have a tangential are, question. Sorry, I have a tangential okay. question. If, and maybe we'll get into this uh, in another episode or okay. later on. But is there a, um, I know that the sacrament is valid. Let's say, Father, you know, God forbid you're in the state of mortal sin and you perform a sacrament. Um, yes. Does that change the, the amount of grace or how grace-filled, I'm probably not using the right terms, but grace-filled a sacrament is? Yes. <laughs> yes. So... This is, a, this is a great question, Andrew, and it's something treated by St. Thomas. But what he says is that it does not change the essential effect of the sacrament. So there is an essential grace that God attaches okay. to every validly conferred sacrament. But there's also extra graces that can come um, through the dispositions of the one receiving the sacrament and even through the dispositions of the minister. 
So if you have a more pious or a holier minister, he can obtain extra graces that are added on top of the sacramental graces, and there would be more graces for uh, a minister, a priest who who is holy, as as opposed to you know a minister like myself, <laughs> someone who's, who's very very much struggling to to attain uh, some sort of holiness. So um, there, there, it does it does have some impact, but not on the essential not on effect the main. of the sacrament okay. uh, because of the fact that the minister is not the primary agent. It is it is our Lord in His priesthood who is the primary agent. Interesting. Okay. So, so you can yeah. you can affect the sacrament to be invalid in a few ways, then. Yes. Yeah, so there's 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 various ways in which a minister can invalidate the sacrament, or we we may say we have evidence that he doesn't have that intention to do what the church does. For instance, if the if the minister shows up and he just uh, makes up his own ritual, he 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 mm-hmm. creates his own rite. In, in doing the sacrament. It's like today, well, you know, I'm just going to throw the ritual out the window and I'm going to do it my own way. Um, that would indicate that he doesn't want to do what the church does. He wants to do his own thing. Um, or if if the minister, this is a very interesting thing that was decided, uh, there was a decision that went down in 2001 about Mormon baptisms. And what mm-hmm. the church said back then is that if the minister um, obviously is changing the meaning of the words, if he if he has a different understanding of the words when he's saying the form of the sacrament, then that can invalidate the sacrament. So the Mormons, they have a form that is very similar to the Catholic form. It uses the the words of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. However, their understanding of those words, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, are so radically different from Uh the Catholic understanding of those words that effectively it's it's a different ceremony. And because we know the Mormons think that the Heavenly Father, for instance, is, is just a man um, and that he's a native of another planet and that he has a wife who is called the Heavenly Mother and they are married and they have spiritual tr- children on the pl- planet Kolob or wherever, whatever planet they inhabit. Uh, <laughs> because th- their understanding of God the Father is so different and it's similar with God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. Like God the Son is is just simply the first child of God the Father and the Heavenly Mother, the first human child. Um, and, you know, he goes off and has his own planet. And, and then God the Son as well is the son of heavenly parents. So, sorry, God the Holy Ghost is, is the son of heavenly parents. So it, this is just so weird and, and bizarre. There more the Mormon understanding of these names of the persons of the Trinity, that the church judged that a minister who had this was giving, was applying this meaning to the words of the of the names of the Trinity, was not wanting to do what the church does, was wanting to do something else. Uh, that he so changed the signification of what he's doing that the sign is no longer present. The sign of sanctifying the the soul of the child uh giving communicating supernatural grace so you know if it it, it, because of that it can't happen that if 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 the minister is giving a different meaning to the words uh, then then their their proper meaning then that can invalidate the sacrament as well okay very interesting so um so so to wrap it all up sacraments they give us grace and yes 
that's that's it. I mean, it's it's pretty simple when you boil <laughs> it down like that. But um, right. But that yes. is that is what a sacrament is supposed to do. That basically, sacraments are outward signs instituted by Christ to give us grace. He is our high priest. He is the incarnate God who has come down for the purpose of saving our souls, and He willed to institute these seven signs as an easy means for us to attain grace. And as a result, we we have this these, these blessed opportunities to sanctify our souls, very easy opportunities to sanctify our souls. Um, so we thank uh, our Lord Jesus Christ for that. And hopefully we receive the sacraments with great reverence and, and gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Father, that about wraps up our first episode on, on what the sacraments are. Uh, you'll be joining us for our second episode as well. Uh, can you give us a little yes. preview of what, what we're going to be talking about there? So the second episode is is going to consider errors about the sacraments. And I think our plan is that we, we just have two episodes on each of the sacraments, one on the traditional rite and one on the new rite. Um, and so I thought for for this these introductory episodes, we're just considering the sacraments in general. We would just have one episode explaining what the sacraments are in themselves and then have a second episode uh, talking about various heresies about the sacraments that have existed throughout the history of the church. Very interesting. Great. Well, look forward to seeing you then. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Andrew. All right.